What a wonderful time of worship. Thank you, Pastor Quay. Title this morning is Look and Run. Look and Run, or just and Run. And uh, scripture this morning is from Habakkuk. Uh, if you've got your Bible you, and you can find Habakkuk, there's extra points and prizes at the end. If you just turn to the book of Hezekiah and go left, you'll, you'll find it. Oh dear. Here we go. Let's jump into Scripture and then I'll pray. Then the Lord answered me. And he said this, write the vision, make it plain so he may run who reads it. Make it plain. See and run. Heavenly Father, as we open your, your word and your scriptures, we ask for your Holy Spirit just to, to, to speak to us and give us the ears to hear what you're saying to us this morning. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Actually, I just want to jump back to verse 1 of uh, the Habakkuk scripture there. And he says this, I will take my stand at my watchtower. And I will station myself on the tower. I will look out to see what God will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaints. So the Lord answered, write the vision, make it plain, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits for the appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is, not, it is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by faith. That's verses 1 to 4. So my title this morning, Look and Run, and really what I mean by that is, is having a vision or having a focus for our life and that we can move through our life with the sense of purpose. When we live a life of faith, when we live a life of trust in God, it helps us to understand or begin to understand what God's purposes are. And I think, it's, I think it's important we know what the purposes of God are because it's our job to align ourselves with God's purposes and not the other way around. Sometimes we think, if I could just bend God to my will and my understanding and my vision and my way of doing things, then life is going to be great. But actually, God says, listen, it's the other way around. You need to hear, you need to listen. I remember Lizzie's sermon a few weeks ago, and listen. We need to know what God is saying to us, and we do that through the Holy Spirit. We do that by stationing ourselves. You notice how he sets himself up on the highest point, on the watchtower. He says, I'm positioning myself that I may see what God is saying to me. And I know some people are real visual people and, and God speaks to them in visions. And that's clearly how the, the prophet understood it here. And sometimes uh, God would say, uh, what do you see? What do you see? And I think we are designed to uh, see where we're going so that we can have purpose and direction. You could try it without seeing where you're going and see how far you get. And sometimes you just end up going round 
and round and round and round. But we live in a society that doesn't have God as the highest ideal. It doesn't have God as the proper place and position in their life. We live, in a, we live with people who don't even consider God as necessary or perhaps they're, they're thinking, listen, I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to do my own thing. And then they wonder why they get lost. Or maybe they don't have any thought about tomorrow. Maybe they don't have any thought about today or, or even what they're doing in the next hour. And sometimes when we're struggling, and maybe we're struggling with our physical health, our mental health, maybe we're struggling in some area, and then what we try and do is shorten our time frame. You know, at uh, least I can get through today. Or at least I can get through the next hour. Or maybe I can survive for the next five minutes. And we shorten our time frame. But here the prophet is saying, listen, I'm going to stand on the highest point, on the highest tower, because I want to see further. I want to see further, because if I'm going to run with it, then I need to see a bit further. I need to see down the line what's going to happen, because that's coming a lot quicker. We do this when we're driving the car, don't we? We're not looking at the car in front. We're looking at the car in front of the car in front. And we're looking at the brake lights further down the motorway because we're going a little bit faster. You can look through the window of the car in front of the car, next car and just check in. When they put their brake lights on three or four cars up, I know that I've got to take the foot off the gas and I've got to just prepare myself because something's happening up ahead. Now, we understand that, don't we? Um, so we position ourselves. I always think I'd like to want to drive on those big Arctic lorries because they know what lane to be in, don't they, when there's a bit of traffic, because they can see a lot further down. And then the last thing you want to do is get stuck behind that lorry, and then you can't see what's going on, and you're weaving in and out and, and all of this. And if you're in a BMW, then, you know, you just... There are other bad drivers. I mean, there are other cars apart from BMWs. But having this higher ideal such as God in our lives, it positions ourselves in God's created order. You know, we, need, we know that we're created in the image of God. We know that as, as human beings, we have a place in creation, and got a God-given place. And that's a God-given place to rule. That's a God-given place to take care of things, take care of the earth. That's a God-given rule. And when we are submitted to God as our creator, then we find things line up. You know, I think some people are just completely out of whack because they don't put God in proper place. They don't position themselves to see what is the highest ideal, the perfection. And that's how we know, really, don't we, what is right and wrong because we have an absolute right of perfection. And it's that standard of perfection of it we see in Christ that lifts us up to say, I've got something to aim for because my life's not perfect. And we can... Um, position ourselves to pursue in life the purposes of God that we could be like Christ. My points this morning then, I've got a few quick points. The verse begins by, I am stationed myself in a place that I can see. Position yourself. Then clearly writing down what the Lord is saying. And then next, you see how he exercises patience. And that faith and patience kind of goes together because it's through faith and patience that 
people of God inherit the promises of God. But this future goal, this idea that we have a direction and purpose, the idea, you know, when Christ said to his disciples, come follow me. You know, it's almost like, yes, but where you're going? Where are you going, Lord? No, just come follow me. Because there's a place, a destination, and this was uh, very popular with the Apostle Paul because he understood that in the end we're going to be a new creation. In, in a lot of senses, we are a new creation. We are a new being. When we take faith in Christ, then something happens in us, and we call that salvation. But also, we are, I preached on this a while ago, that we're, we're, we're saved from our past, we're being saved, and we're going to be saved. So there's a pathway. Paul calls it the new creation or the new person in Christ, but it's also looking forward to the future with the resurrected life that is coming, but we're living in a sense of that now. So we need a direction. We need an end goal. In the Greek, they would call this the telos, and people like Seneca and Aristotle and those kind of guys knew when it came ethically of what kind of person should we be, it was important to have a goal. What does the ideal look like? And if Christ is our ideal, then the attributes that we look to do in our life emulate and follow Christ. Humility, love, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Those kind of things are, if you like, the ethical, uh, uh, virtuous ethics that we are living out in order to become all that God has called us to be because we know who we will be in the end. But when we have a purpose, when we have a direction, we are following our goals. And if we find then obstacles in our way, we treat those obstacles as, as opportunities. Because it doesn't distract us from where we're going in the end. But if we are low, and if we're low down, if we don't station ourselves at the highest point, then we can't see. It's like stuck behind that truck, isn't it? We can't see what's coming on our head. We can't know and we can't plan and we can't purpose. But when we lift ourselves up, how many know you can see a lot further? And then life is seen as an adventure and nothing's going to distract me or pull me away from the vision and the plan that God has for me. You have a purpose. You have a course in life. You're not drifting day after day. And that can be some of the worst things to go through is if you don't know where you're going, Seneca said, if you don't know what port you're heading to, then no wind is favorable. I mean, how many people do you know just will unload and say, everything's pointless, everything's difficult, everything's not happening for me. You know, I feel like just quitting. I feel like giving up. I've had enough. I want out. And how many times you, you think, well, come on, let's get you higher. Let's get you a purpose. Let's stop you drifting. If you're drifting through life, everything seems pointless. Everything seems, seems hard. You have nothing to aim for. And every problem seems like a burden that, rather than a challenge that you're willing to accept. And sometimes when you're drifting and you're going backwards and forwards and you look back and you think, well, I don't know where I've come from because I've zigzagged all over the place. Or you look ahead and you're going with purpose. Then you can look back and see the straight lines showing the course where we've been rather than la random lines and circles 
taking us nowhere. So if the days passing always look the same, and you ask yourself, where am I going? What do I want to achieve? I'd say set a goal. Set a purpose. Get yourself up higher. Station yourself. That's point number one. If we've got a purpose and a goal, even if you have to make course corrections, even if you have to plot a new route, at least you've started and begun somewhere. Station yourself. Position yourself in a place to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. He said, I position myself on the watchtower, the highest point to gain the best advantage. You know, Christ, when he was teaching his disciples, he said, the place you station yourself is you station yourself in prayer. He says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. He says, when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your Father who's in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. There's a sense that the highest point that we can position ourselves is actually in prayer, is actually connecting with our Heavenly Father. And we take this seriously. We take the prayer time seriously. We sit on the edge of our bed. We sit wherever we like to sit and we pray. Let's say, you know, things are going tough. Let's say we're really suffering. Life's not going well. We're sad. We're unhappy. We're distressed, depressed. We're anxious. And we sit there for a moment and we say, Lord, where do I need to be? Is what I'm going through in any way something that I'm contrib contributing to? Or is this just the world conspiring against me? And personally, I'd rather know that it's something that I'm doing wrong. Because that I can do something about. If I have this theory that I'm perfect, I'm all right, I'm just, you know, I'm just me doing my thing. I'm who I am. I can't change. That's it then the only option is, is the whole world is conspiring against me. And what can I do about the whole world? But if we sat down and we said, Lord, what is maybe one thing that I can do differently? Even if it's small, maybe it's something that we already know that we should fix. Maybe we've been ignoring it and hoping things will change. But if we honestly, the scripture says, we ask, we seek, we knock, we'll get an answer. And it may be something difficult. It may be something challenging. It may be something that I have to change in myself because I know I'm not where I should be. I know where I want to be, but I know I'm not where I should be. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Everyone who receives and everyone who searches Everyone who asks receives, everyone who searches finds, and everyone who knocks on the door will be opened. Skip down to the verse 13, still in Matthew 7. And he says, enter through the narrow gate. The, wide, the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction. And there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life and few that find it.
Sometimes we have to ask ourselves, what is it that I want my life to be? Do I let things happen to me and then wonder why things spiral? What do I need to do to address these issues? The prophet in the Habakkuk, he says, what will he answer to my complaint? What is, my, what is our complaint? What is it, God? I station myself in the highest point. I want to hear what the Lord is saying to me, what the Spirit of God is saying to me. I'm going to write it down, and I'm going to run with it. And perhaps it's only a small thing. And in some sense, it has to be a, a small list, and then we know when the list is done. But we sit down in our room and we ask and say, what is the one thing that I know I need to fix that I could fix? And when we know that one thing, we can aim towards that in one direction. Maybe multiple destinations. Maybe you have multiple aims. Maybe you have multiple goals. There's lots of things on your list. It's interesting how he says the way is narrow and a few find it. It's not to say that life is not without its struggles and difficulties. And if the path that I am to take is a narrow path, then I better aim correctly. I better be accurate. Because there's a load of people out there that are choosing the wide path and it's leading to destruction. And how many know that is not the path you want to take? If it's narrow, I've got to be on purpose. I've got to be focused. I've got to be directed. I've got to have my life in order. And that goes back to created order. That's going back to putting God first. That's going back to seeking first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be, that's also Matthew 6, all these things will be added to you. Second point, and I've only got two, so we're good. He says about faith and patience in that scripture, doesn't he? He says, it may seem slow, but wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. It has its appointed time. Faith and patience seem to go together. And if we're always looking back at the mistakes that we've made or maybe the wrong path that we've taken, how many know that if you're always looking back, you're going to end up going headfirst into something? But if you know where you're going and, there's a, and it's clear to you, then there's a sense that you can be trusting in God to bring it to pass. Through faith and patience, they inherited the promises of God. They inherited. And when God speaks to you, then we trust God. Hebrews 4 uh, it says they received the word, but it profited them not because they didn't mix the word with faith. Faith and patience. Positioning ourselves. Waiting. Unclosed. Have we positioned ourselves properly to see what God is saying? Are we listening? Are we listening to hear? Or are we just defending some of the poor choices that we've made in our lives? Or maybe we're just blaming 
others for everything that goes wrong in our lives and your prayers are just, Lord, if you could just sort out them, I'm good. How many of those kind of prayers do <laughs> I don't know if God answers those prayers. But if you say, God, what can I do? How can I hear what your Spirit is saying to me? Are we really listening or we are waiting for our opportunity to respond? Are we listening to hear? It would be sad if that we ever learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. So much information out there at the moment. There's so many different things that we can pull us left and pull us right. But the ultimate truth is God's word and what God says about us. And I think that's what we need to be listening to. We need to be careful what we're listening to, what we're watching, what we're allowing to come into our souls. Moving ourselves forward with purpose. Moving ourselves in a right direction. Jesus said, those who put their hand to the plow, but constantly looking back. Not good. If we can't run with purpose, then maybe we haven't understood the vision. Paul said to the church in Galatia, he says, listen, you started off well. You understood the grace of God for your lives and somehow you've, you've, you've gone off track. You've allowed these other things to come in and distract you and you've forgotten that you're saved by grace through faith. That it's not your works. That it's a gift of God. And he says, who hindered you? Who bewitched you? I think there's so many things out there that can just pull us and distract us from the truth of God. I'm closing in 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm just going to read the whole chapter. I like Timothy. Paul's writing to Timothy. Uh, he didn't hold back with Timothy, did he? If you've, if you've read that. Um, they call it the pastoral epistle, don't they? It's, this is the letter of Pastor Paul. I was talking to someone recently about what it means to be a pastor. And, you know, and, uh, oh, they, just, they just wanted to chop them down and sort them out. That's why I wouldn't make a good pastor, they said. I don't know, Paul as a pastor, that's something to study in. Uh, here we go, verse 1. He says, you must understand this, that in the last distressing days, sorry, in the last days, distressing times will come. I wonder if we're in the last days today. People will be lovers of themselves. Yeah. Lovers of money, boasters. Arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, inhuman, implacable, slanderers, profligates. What does that mean? Anybody know? They'll be brutes, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God holding to an outward form of godliness but denying its power, avoid them, exclamation mark, avoid them. For among those who make their way into households and captivate uh, silly women, overwhelmed by their sins and swayed by all kinds of desires, who are always being instructed but never arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so some of these people are corrupt in their minds 
and have counterfeit faith and also oppose the truth. They will not make much progress. You see, there's no vision, there's no direction, progress for these people. As in the case of these two men, their folly will become plain to everyone. But now you have observed my teaching. You've seen how I do things. You've observed my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions, my suffering, and all the things that happened in Antioch and Lystra, to what persecutions I endured, but yet the Lord rescued me from them all. I think Paul had an aim in life and a direction that he knew the Lord was going to bring him through, every single one. Indeed, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But wicked people and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving others and being deceived. But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and firmly believe that knowing from whom you learned it from and how from childhood you've known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you through for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scriptures inspired by God and useful for teaching, proof, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness so everyone who belongs to God may be proficient and equipped for every good work. I tell you, I, I could just preach on that. That's something, isn't it? Paul had this aim in life. He had a direction. And he had the faith and the patience and the steadfastness to stick with it even when he's being persecuted. I don't think we understand persecution today in the way that Paul understood it. Well, praise God for that. Praise God for that. We don't want to be living in time of Nero and all these kind of things. And, you know, we'd, we'd gladly avoid the oppression of the Roman Empire. But that doesn't mean we don't have to have focus in our lives. That doesn't mean we don't have to station ourselves, position ourselves with God as our highest authority on all things. And then we know where we are. We know where we are going because we know the Lord's got purposes and plans for us. And then when the tough times come, when the challenges come, and maybe they're our own fault, these challenges. Maybe we're in a situation that we've put ourselves because of our own foolishness. And it takes some courage to say, what can I do differently? How can I change? How can I grow? How can I be all who God wants me to be? And that doesn't matter if you're 8 or 80. I think there's purposes of God that he has for our lives. And we need to align ourselves. and We need to see clearly. We need to look. We need to listen. Not just when we cross the road. We need to look and listen. And see what God's got for us. And then have the courage and conviction to stick with it and say, God, I'm with you. You're with me even in the hardest of times, in the persecutions, in the challenges. So we can be equipped and proficient. I love that word. Equipped for every good work. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, your word is living and active, sharper 
than a two-edged sword. You're able, it's able to cut through the things that are of you and the things that are of the flesh. Lord, give us the ears to hear. Give us the vision to see what you're doing. Let us position ourselves, Lord, in prayer, knowing that in faith we ask and we receive. We seek and we find, we knock, and you always, always, always open the door for us. Guide us by your Spirit. Let your word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, that we may not stumble, that we may pursue your purposes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.